It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast post-game show with Ben White. I'm Mike Luke. Brad Alice will be joining us at some point. Um, but uh, Ben, this was an absolute statement victory by the University of Arizona uh, against a team that, let's be honest here, this wasn't Washington State. This team is actually good. Um, and beating Oregon state in the manner in which this just happened, the way that Arizona salted this game away, this was, this was something impressive, my man. It was a game, especially in that first half where you watched Arizona on both sides of the ball and you thought, man, there's not really much more you think in terms of what could go wrong. The running game wasn't going on the turnover missed opportunities and what Arizona was able to do in that second half pull away, establish a running game. I believe there was, I think, 40 yards rushing in the first half. I think 19 of those alone was just one run from Jonah Coleman. So from the get-go, it was very hard for Arizona to get established. And you got to give them credit because when it mattered most on that final drive in the fourth quarter, you were able to run the ball. You were able to move the ball effectively, burn enough time to get down in the red zone and put this game away. Mike really remarkable performance. This was a remarkable performance. And Brad, this is a team right now that uh, I expect to be in the top 25 come early next week. This was a gritty performance. Arizona didn't even play its best game. Neither did Oregon state, but Arizona was able to salt this game away. And I think it's fair to say that Arizona, was the better team yeah if you look at arizona's performance over the last few weeks and you're taking that as a whole uh you obviously have to think they're one of the 25 best teams in the country and we know you know they sometimes these voters don't watch these late games they're just going to see arizona's record at five and three but even though they have apparently broken washington broken usc broken washington state um they're a good team Um, so this, yes, does it deserve to be ranked? Yes. Will it? Yeah. I don't know. I did. Did Vanderbilt beat Memphis technical college of cosmetology school? Because they'll get more credit for that than Arizona will for beating a pretty good Oregon state team. Um, but just to first thing, I guess I'd say that drive at the end of the game was remarkable, right? Five minutes, 55 yards, and you cap it off with a touch. It was almost as good as the last defensive one was bad. Um, if you're going to run prevent, you got to make them run more than four plays in 75 seconds or 44 seconds or whatever it is. And that's it's when, just a remarkable win. It's a really good win for Arizona. And that's when you know, too, that you're a team that is on the verge of doing something really good. Like with the uh, – 
like even when Rich Rod's teams were really good, it always felt more smoke and mirrors. He was a really good coach. He was a tactician. He was getting guys open. Ben, this was a team right here that just essentially beat Oregon State down there in that last drive where they couldn't stop him. They were running the ball right at him, and there was nothing they could do about it. Yeah, talk about timing. I mean, that last drive, it couldn't have come at a better time. And especially in a game, too, where you watched Arizona, especially on the defensive side, and you thought, man, these guys are just outmatched. I mean, Oregon State might have one of the best offensive lines in the country. If it's not top five, it's not top ten. I don't know where people are watching. But at the same time, Arizona got lucky in the right opportunity. I think the offense really put it all together in the sense that they realize they have a plethora of running backs back there. And I think fish maybe was hesitant at times because the possession thing, as we've talked about all year with college football and the new rules, possessions are uh, very limited these days and they're very hard to come by. Arizona only had three possessions there in the first half. And maybe that's what you attribute to fish, not running the ball as much there throughout that game. But when they needed to, they clicked Uh, Noah Fafita. We'll get to him um, made the right plays there on that last drive was able to recognize where to get the ball correctly. And Michael Wiley, that play call was fantastic there uh, to put that touchdown away there. So everything kind of pieced together, uh, rightfully so, for Arizona. And really, like you said, you're not accustomed to seeing this because so many times in years past, um, whether it's a talent issue, whether it's a personnel issue or just an injury issue at this time, you know, we look at past a lot of seasons, Arizona just hasn't been healthy a lot of times, even in late October. So they've got the personnel and they were able to make it click. And it goes to show you, Arizona has been in every single game that they've played this year. And tonight was just another another example. Right time, right place. Yeah. And Noah Fafita, obviously, um, he was able to make the plays there, Brad, when he needed to make the plays. We had Matt Muehlbach on the uh, postgame show last week, and he said that he thought he was a little bit like Jason Gardner in the way that um, – not going to be a guy that's going to be a great pro prospect or anything like that, but you have leadership qualities in him and you have just an understanding there that everything's going to be okay with the ball in his hands. I think the, the app comparison is (laughs) Keith Smith, Uh, a little undersized, um, you know, he's a different player, but if Keith Smith was six, two, he would have been a 10 year NFL starter. If Noah Fafita was 6'2", he'd probably be a 10-year NFL starter. And they may, they may like Keith, not sniff the league. Um, you know, so – but I want to go to two two key coaching decisions, I think, in this game. And, you know, you're talking about the evolution of Jed Fish and Johnny Nansen. You know, we, we talked – and Ben mentioned the uh, the Michael Wiley what, 40-yard touchdown catch. Uh, they got him matched up on a defensive end. Right. Now, it's an athletic defensive end. The touchdown, and I'm not even sure who caught it, to be honest. I was so too busy pumping my fist and high-fiving people, well, people, the dogs, um, was the touchdown to seal it. Right. They got him matched up with the defensive end. So Arizona found something in Oregon State's defensive scheme that they thought they could exploit, and they exploited it on the two biggest plays of the game. Conversely, after that first drive, this is going to sound familiar to the Washington State game. After the first drive, they kind of just decided, you know what? We're going to rush four. We're going to trust that DJ can't pick apart our secondary. Mm-hmm. They dropped eight, dropped seven. Uh, a few times they did drop eight. 
And really, if, if uh, our good friend Dario could catch a little better, and there's a reason now he's playing corner and not wide receiver, um, this is a very different game. Um, yeah. Because he just doesn't read the field rule, except on that last drive. He's just, he's just a – you know what? He, he's just he, not. He, he's not he's a, a bad quarterback. quarterback. He's 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 good. He's fine. He's, he's but he's just not what he was supposed to be. That's that's no, the that's, thing. Uh, yeah. If you know, if he didn't come out of there as a five star prospect with all the, you know, praise in the world and the guy who's going to replace uh, Trevor Lawrence, then maybe we'd be like, oh, he's fine. But let's go back. I'm going to throw out some Oregon State quarterbacks for you. Who would you rather have? Right. <laughs> uh, Matt Moore or, or this guy? Yeah. You're right. Who exactly. would you rather have? The guy coaching. <coughs> well, the guy coaching or, for sure. Or, or or that guy. He's just he's fine. Yeah. And I know, man, I might be tempted to go to the kid. That yeah. kid, I mean, he moved the ball. Um, you know, they know only get a field goal, but that kid's pretty dynamic. I forget his name, Childs. Yeah. Um, now that being said, they almost got the announcer jinx and said he's never thrown a pick and he threw one right into Davis's hands. <laughs> Right. And, you know, here's the thing with Takario Davis, too. He should have had three picks. But again, you don't take him off the field, obviously, because like Peeposh says, the great Peeposh, Davis still served his purpose, jumping those passes and getting into the QB's head for sure. He's three just, TBUs. you know, you know, it's one of those things like Lamont Lovett said. And, you know, it's the age old phrase that that's why you're not playing wide receiver right there. Totally, totally get that one decision, though, that I thought was incredibly perplexing. And I thought it was the one of the dumbest play calls I've ever seen was that play at the end of the first half by Oregon state. Hmm. You, you got three points right there. You have to take those. That is, was not a four yard quarterback sneak. That was a 14 yard quarterback sneak. And even though they had the play they wanted, it was still five yards yard short guys. I have never seen anything quite that dumb. Well, the announcers even made a point to make fun of it there. I think at the end of the game, they probably said it about eight or 10 times, but yeah, like you said, it's one thing to call a fake and it's one thing to run it the way they did, but we're not talking two, three yards. We're talking 16 to 20 yards. I was taken back by that. Maybe there was a communication issue from right. a coaching standpoint. I, I don't know what was going on there because I mean, anybody, even, even anybody, who plays Madden would wouldn't even try something like that there, Brad. So I'm not sure what they were thinking there. And they tried it earlier. Right. And, they did. And, That's and the thing. What, yeah. What was it? The false start of the delay of game. And unless I'm not seeing it correctly, it was the same exact play. Right. It, yep. Which was basically like it's basically the equivalent of a quarterback sneak with a kicker, a punter. Um, yeah. But that play was to get like two off, or three yards. Off though. Tack- yeah, no, and it's a great play if you're trying to. Yeah, yeah. Did they? The only thing I can think of is they didn't have. Then thought they had a timeout, or thought they had more time, or again, someone just screwed up. You know, um, reminds me of what happened with Tyrod Taylor a few weeks ago, where he ran the ball with no timeouts. Could have, could have, could have beat Buffalo there. The boss, Saul Bookman. Hello, Saul Bookman. How are you doing? Uh, fantastic, dude. I listen. Uh, I I I have to say it because I I'm here at PHNX and I try to, uh, you know, be be respectful of all the teams. Uh, but 
all five teams in the state of Arizona won today, but more importantly, four of those five, which are the most important four of the five, we won't talk about the other school, uh, took care of business, man. And also, Brad, don't give Oregon State all the excuses. They were just dumb as shit in that moment. <laughs> like, I don't know what the hell they were thinking. Like, I just don't a- know whether to blame the kicker or the coach or Oh, no, it was a million percent a play call like they had a designed run like that was just stupid. I was sitting there and I was just like, am I missing something yeah. like did, were they hoping to get a penalty or something like I blows me away from that far out. Maybe if you're like on the two or three yard line, maybe I can see that. But that was ridiculous. So yeah. It, no, it, it was wild. And guys, we're, we'll get to all the plays. But Arizona has arrived. I'm going to say this. This is the first time since 2017 I expect Arizona to be in the rankings. And not only that, this feels sustainable, fellas. This feels across the board from the defensive side, from the defensive line, to the linebackers, to the DBs, to the offense, across the board. Ben, this is a defense right there. This is an offense that looks the part. And we're, even with Rich Rod, we're not used to seeing that. No, I mean, you're not used to going out there where Arizona's in every single game. I mean, it just goes to show you from a roster standpoint, talent standpoint, coaching state standpoint, it's, it's never been better, you know, the last 10, 15 years. And when you have those big guys and we keep going back to it, when you have those three or four big guys on the defensive line and you have the depth on the O line, which you haven't had in years past games are won and lost at the line of scrimmage. And when you're able to rotate guys in, I mean, Upshaw had the sack tonight. Granted, it was tough, for Arizona, most of the game, let's be honest, to get to DJ Ugalele. But at the same time, the pass rush clicked when it needed to. And as Arizona has shown over the last few games and throughout the entire season, when that pass rush is clicking, they're in every single game. So I would I would expect them to flirt with that 23 to 25 range, right? But like Brad said, um, a lot of bias there when it comes to that AP top 25, especially this being a late game. Perhaps folks are just looking at the score, but... I would hope they're ranked, and you know what? I think they should be ranked. Saul Bookman, do you believe they should be ranked? I say you do think this. <laughs> you would be right. Uh, I'm not going to stay here very long. I just wanted to say uh, to that exact point, it's like you mirrored read my mind. Um, I do feel like this is sustainable. I think what they're doing uh, will stand the test of time. Even in the Rich Rod years, and this is no disrespect to the Scooby Rights of the world and all them, but it still felt a little gimmicky from time to time in terms of the 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 amount of or the talented athlete, the two or three star trying to get them to develop to the point where they were, you know, these superstar wide receivers and fast and speedy and gimmicky defenses and three, three fives and all this other BS. Um, this feels far more substantial. Even if, even if they only go seven and five this year, I really feel so much better going into next year with this regime than I did going from the South division win into the next right. year with Rich Rod. And it sounds weird to say because we, you know, we got to the Pac-12 championship that year and that's fine. But I mean, I, I really feel like when you're talking about building something from a foundational perspective, this is exactly what we hoped would happen and the types of guys that Jed Fish is bringing in here and the development that we've seen him be able to do um, has been tremendous. And, hey, 
I don't care who comes into the program. I don't care if they're from Tucson or if they're from some other place in the country. You just got to know that Jed Fish can develop you into a pro talent because he's doing it right now as we speak with multiple guys that are going to play in the NFL. You've got to you got to say there's probably at least six to eight guys right now on this roster that are going to play in the NFL at some point. Not to mention the guys that haven't really gotten a lot of playing time yet, but will as we move forward, like a guy like Speedy Luke. That's going to happen. Speedy Luke is going to be an NFL player someday. He's just got to find his niche and it's starting to you're starting to see it a little bit the more and more he gets his playing time so a tremendous win tonight guys i just wanted to say that no boss i gotta ask you one question i gotta ask you one back to a all fucking day here mike you know that oh i know we do but noah fafita my guy what are your thoughts on Noah? we got four games now what does the boss saul bookman think about noah fafita i mean is anybody saying noah shouldn't be the starting quarterback uh i don't think so you should drug test him if they are because yes. Noah Fafita well, is, is only is if the, you the think truth. there's a promise made. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's no, Noah Fafita. It's no. If you're Fafita. trying to win, if, you, if you're trying to win football games, listen, the the, the Wildcats should have beat Mississippi State. You can't sit there. I will not. I won't believe anybody if they sit there and say that if Noah Fafita played against Mississippi right. State, we still lose that game. There's That's not a chance in hell that happens. We win that game. We should have beat USC. We kind of fell apart at the end. Should have beat USC. USC was a fraud to begin with. They should have never been in a top a top ten team. That defense couldn't hold a bucket. So um, I mean, you you realistically could be seven and one right now instead of five and three. But I'll take five and three. I love it. I'm so proud of this program. Uh, I know a lot of people in Tucson are finally starting to get on the train. Uh, we got to sell that thing out next week against UCLA. I'm going to be down there because I'm I'm dude. I'm stoked. I'm all about Jed Fish and that and that program right now for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Saul, you can join us anytime you would like, my guy. Obviously. See you guys. Appreciate you, boss. The um, but yeah, Brad, this was big. Man. This is big time, man. I don't know what else to say. You know, it, it, it's funny because it's an interesting point, and I just thought of it. But I'm, I'm going to piggyback on what Saul and, and Ben actually have said, and maybe you too. Um, Rich Rodriguez tried to find guys with NFL talent who had Division Two size. Um, you know, no one denies if Scooby Wright was a little bit fast, a little bit bigger. He's an NFL type player. I mean, he's an XFL All Star. Um, you know, Samaji Grant and Nate Phillips, if they're six one, six two, they're probably NFL players. Right. They're five foot three. They're they're my size. The opposite is true here. For a lot of these guys, a lot of these guys are NFL players, but I don't think I'm not sure Big Bill Norton's playing the NFL, but guess what? He's what, six two, three something? Mm-hmm. He's not Parker Zellers. No offense, right. Parker Zellers, but you when I suggested Parker Zellers was secretly really two sixty. Kurlovich chewed out one of the Finley brothers. Um, so the fact is, these guys have NFL size. Even, you know, Reagan or Reagan Taylor Upshaw has NFL size. I don't Reagan think Upshaw player. from USC. Well, his dad. That's right. his dad. You know, um, you look at some of these other guys, you know, Davis and Prysock, I think, are NFL players, but those guys are 6'3, six, 6'4 six, corners. Um, so. Yes, you have NFL players. The only guy who fits into the Rich Rod scheme of things are, ironically enough, Jacob Manu and Noah Fafita, um, who are undersized and and but just freaking great ball players. But the rest of these guys, this team looked better coming off the bus than those Rich Rod teams did. And obviously, 
the someone guys, I'm I, whatever. But um, yeah, that's what I think is interesting about this. They're doing it with NFL offensive linemen. They're doing it with NFL sized defensive linemen with, you know, defensive backs who are not midgets with wide receivers, with the exception of maybe Jacob Cowing, who again, might be MVP tonight. Um, not only for the punt return and the, and the big catch, but also that play on the, uh, onside kick where one of the cats batted it towards the sideline and he rode it out of bounds. Um, most of these guys, Oh, I had Norton too short. Okay. Sorry. I easy wildcat fan. Um, I'm not used to tall linemen at Arizona. Uh, but yeah, I think that's very interesting that Arizona's and again, Jed Fish is using the, his NFL connections to try to create this type of team. I do need to complain about something here, and believe me, it's not on the field. But first, got to get a couple of the bills paid right here. Gila Rivers Casinos, my friends. All right, Gila River Resorts and Casinos. Visit GilaMillionDollarsShowdown.com to get in on the action. For more information on Gila River Resorts and Casinos and all they have to offer, head to play at Gila.com again. Here's the great uh, deal. You can win up to $100,000 in cash, 21 on only over, and Circle K. Brad Ellis, when was the last time you went to Circle K? Today? Yesterday. yesterday. No, we, 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 we had enough Gatorade left over from yesterday's Circle K run. We didn't have to go today. All right. Well, either way, Circle K, the inner circle right here. Do you get it? Ben White, do you get it? The inner circle. Believe it or not, I get it. Okay. Join the inner circle today for free by downloading the Circle K app. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for details. All right. I got to complain about something here. So I came back from the game. I watched the first half at the game. Then I came back and uh, watched it uh, here. This commentary was absolutely atrocious. I'm not talking about just missing a play here or there. I am talking about an absolute lack of any form of preparation for what they were doing. First of all, you start out the game referring to Noah Fafita multiple times as Fufuda. Come on, dude. It doesn't even look like that. Then uh, DJ Uyagalele, this is not hard to pronounce, Tai Tai Uyagalele, not hard to pronounce. Uangale. What is Uangale? I mean, this is, there was no prep. And quite frankly, it was absolutely embarrassing. I can't believe, and again, they kept calling them the Ducks in Oregon State. This was, yeah. Ben, we've seen some bad broadcasters in our lives. This was as bad as I've seen, really, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, we worked with some, unfortunately. I mean, this this whole crew gets an F. I mean, everybody from producer to spotter to engineer to studio producer to play-by-play announcer to color analyst, just an F. I, I couldn't believe it. And it's not like DJ is a quarterback who isn't very well known across college football anybody who's spent even 10 seconds watching college football over the last five or six years knows who this guy is just because he played at clemson um i thought it was bizarre um i understand that they were corrected within that press box by somebody who we both know mike um right but apparently that correction didn't serve them very well uh definitely well, the epitome of go ahead we'll, um uh, I will, uh, oh, by the way, DJ, I will tell you about this ladder here in a minute. But um, Shelby Shear went up to the spotter for ESPN and said to him in the press box, you know that they're mispronouncing every single name. And then the guy goes, well, which names? And she said, well, it's yeah. not Fufuda. And then he says, yeah, we talked about it after the first quarter. And then uh, she says, there's no N in Uyongalele. 
And then just going on and on, Wendell Moy was another one that they used. Uh, Jacob yeah. Cohing. Um, Brad, come on. Okay, I, I have announced three football games in my life. Made sure I had a pronunciation guide. Um, I have announced, PA announced, uh, not not the what it was about West Championships. I'm not as cool as you, Mike, but uh, some some Little League games. And you know what I do? I go ask the kids or their parents how you pronounce your last name. Because I once called a kid Vigil. <laughs> it was Vahil. He was, you know, and oh uh, his dad corrected me, and it was fine. He's actually a friend of mine now, really good guy. But uh, from then on, I made sure I had pronunciations because, uh, especially when you get, there's some really weird names uh, when you get into like Blythe, California, who play in Arizona uh, for Little League. So, yeah, it's really easy to do. And guess what? There's this cool little thing that the, the, the SID hands out. Oh, the pronunciation and it's, guide. And it's got a Believe pronunciation it or not, guide. it's right in front of you. Yeah. yeah. You don't even and have to go let, ask them. You know, and again, God rest his soul. We do all know that uh, our good friend Dave Sitton didn't believe how Kirill's name was pronounced because, you know, a friend of Not Tietchko. Nachinko at one point. Oh, Nachinko, that's um, right, yes. Because his friend told him that's the pronunciation, but it turned out the friend was not Ukrainian. Um, but, you know, it, it is it is what it is. It's Again, it's ESPN Pac-12 broadcast. What do you expect? They, they suck. They've sucked for years. At least I think they were in Tucson, unlike the Fox counterparts. Um, who are better right. broadcasting from their houses than these guys were. Um, and I do want to shout out. We we have a guy. I'm looking at the, the names here on the side. Grant Franzen. Um, I believe if it's the same one, he's he's a, he's a cougar who was a couple years ahead of me. Wow. Uh, we, we never met or anything, but I knew the name. Um, so, yeah. So shout out if we got another uh, Saguaro Cougar there um, to join the right. – uh, you know, we got well, have about four or five who join us from time to time because we all know – you back the S and you back the, the you back the S. Yes. All right. This ladder, this has been asked. It is strictly for decoration right there. I got it for a very cheap. Uh, I got it on a very cheap deal and I decided that it would uh, accentuate the A right there. That is all it is right there. Um, now, let's talk about the running back situation here. This was <coughs> and excuse me. We talked about this a little bit earlier in the week. I believe that this is about as good as it's been at Arizona as far as. Jonah Coleman is obviously a monster. We know exactly what they've been able to do, what he's been able to do. Uh, DJ Williams runs somebody over every single game. Michael Wiley back in the mix as well, catching touchdown passes, running through. Ben, these guys really complement each other well. Because all of them can do very different things. And you feel bad at times because I know Wiley was out with injury and he got in, obviously had um, the touchdown tonight there to end the game and did some good things there in the first half. But you almost felt like, man, Arizona just needs to go to Jonah Coleman more. Or Arizona needs to go to G, uh, DJ Williams more. Coleman's a guy who's a bowling ball, man. I yes. Think, I think Brad put it out there. I think it was one of the last possessions, but he's so patient too with the ball. It reminds me of somebody like Le'Veon Bell, you know, kind of 240, yeah. 245, 250, kind of sits back very, very patient, takes what the defense gives them. And once he finds that hole, he just goes, man. And he's got size uh, or he's got speed, excuse me, for being the size he is, you wouldn't expect. So all of them can do different things and they just look very comfortable. I mean, they're not just the downhill back. They can be the downhill back, but you can get these guys out in space and and I think that really speaks to this entire offense. You know, 
and we talked about it a couple of weeks as well, but reminds you almost like the San Francisco 49ers. How many, how much of their offense is just receivers and, and running backs making plays in space. And that's what Arizona likes to do. They do it with Fafita now at quarterback. You take the smart play, you take the underneath play and you rely on T Mac and Jonah Coleman and all these guys to make big plays. But at the same time, you can go downfield as need as, as we saw tonight, but this probably uh, from a roster standpoint, definitely the most talented we've seen in quite a while. But I would also argue, Brad, that's the most dynamic offense we've seen in terms of just skill players. Yeah, I mean, they're still not putting up those gaudy numbers that <laughs> occasionally Rich Rod could do against bad football teams or even that Oklahoma State game where they put up 56. But he's also not getting skunked. Right. Um, you know, the closest they came was Stanford. And really, frankly, tonight until kind of the end they got going. Um, but that's the thing. They kept with it. They they kept kind of flipping the script, flipping the playbook, figuring out what worked. Um, and you're right, though. Yeah, this is a – again, I can see a scenario where we could see three or four of these running backs on, on NFL rosters or practice squads just because they are kind of NFL backs. They're physical. They're fast enough. Right. Um, you know, it reminds me again, I think I've mentioned at one point, Carolina had three NFL running backs on the same roster and none of them had more than 400 yards rushing in their career in their in any one season. Um, that's what this kind of reminds me of. And again, it's, it's a long shot because we all know I mean, if Kadeem Carey can't make the NFL, who knows who can. But, yeah. you know, Wiley showed why he's important tonight. Um, DJ Williams showed why he's important tonight. Jonah Coleman showed why he's. Not only did he have that super patient, he also trucked his own offensive lineman. Um, right. Who credit to him didn't fall and kept kept looking for blocks. But and then that's not even counting Speedy Luke, who again I think is probably a, a year away from really figuring it out. Um, right. But that's four guys there, and they've got another. Who's the track kid from LA who's coming? I mean, that kid's probably got to see the field. I know you know Williams and Wiley. I think are done but you never know with these covid years or or whatever so this is yeah this is a great crop of back again i can't remember anything like this since the early tommy years when they had great house and eldridge and uh antoine carter and errol sap and, and and three other guys um it's been a long time but that's back when you also ran 75 percent of the time all right by the way tj van martyr two people have mentioned this yes we need to stop with the overrated chance it diminishes what you just did out there um, Oregon State is a good football team. They're probably not the 11th best football team in the country, but they are a legitimate top 25 team. Zona Zoo, stop being stupid right there. We, <coughs> Sorry, I'm losing my voice. We absolutely do not want to minimize what has just happened here because then that makes us look silly. Also, one thing that I think Spencer is... Chant, underrated? Yes, underrated, yes. There we go. What did worry me, though, and a couple people have mentioned this, why weren't they in victory formation at the end? That terrified me because we've seen stuff like that before there. If I'm not, well, I'm listening to the announcers and who knows if they're accurate. Yeah. They called a horse collar, although granted, I thought it was a, a pulled uh, dreadlock, but um, they said they couldn't run it all the way down and they were going to have to um, either take the staff on fourth down or, um, you know, have and, and run it out and, I mean, granted, you're giving them like three seconds, but who knows? That's the only thing. I didn't do the math, and I uh, and I am ashamed to say I didn't do the math, but uh, I was also trying to get my microphone to work. I mean, but again, that's fair. But Ben, it terrified me right there because we saw that we've seen Mario Cristobal, and I'm not surprised <laughs> by that, that that didn't work for him. But we saw Mario Cristobal have that issue as well. 
Yeah, we, we did. Um, yeah, I was I was doing a billion different things, getting uh, our tweets out and all that good stuff. But yeah, it, it, it didn't look good. Um, got to be smarter. Just, just take the knee, man. Just just take the knee. That's all yeah. you got to do. All right. Now, uh, Damon has some stuff for us. But first, all right, what do I want to read here? Shady Rays. You know what? I'm feeling really cool right now. Jed Fish, I'm sure, is feeling very, very cool, as Jed Fish should. Um, now, check it out. Shady Rays. Here's the deal. Um, let me find this real quick. There it is. All right. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code PHNX for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people and OGs. All right. Now you might've had a little bit of a headache listening to Rod Gilmore right there. And I don't blame you. That's where OGs comes in right here. OGs. Check out our friends at OGs Brands for yourself and try one or a few of their many delicious flavors. Check them out across all socials at OGs Brands and online at OGsBrands.com. To find them at a local dispensary near you, must be 21 years or up to enjoy responsibly. All right. Now, what does this win mean going forward? There's not a team on Arizona's schedule that they can't beat. Now, again, they might lose to some teams, not saying they won't, but right now you got five wins. Uh, this team will become bowl eligible. Now it's just an, in now I believe it's how, uh, how greedy can we get here guys? Because you got UCLA. That's a winnable game. ASU is a winnable game. Um, Colorado's a winnable game. And you, then you got Utah. You got some winnable games in front of you there, William. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'd be stunned now if they don't get Boaljo, and I think I'd be stunned that they if they don't get the seven. Um, yeah, me too. UCLA is going to be tough. That's a quality football team, but they're no better than Washington State or Oregon State. Maybe Washington. The Washington State seems to be exposed. Something something's been exposed, but you know, Washington State's a good football team. Right. Um, Oregon State's a very good football team. Um, you know, Utah's still the class of that group, but. It's at home, and, though, and, and they didn't and look they, so good today. They did not look good. And Arizona, Jed Fish has played them well. Right. Uh, remember, yep. we, you know, everyone talks about they should have beaten them the COVID year. They probably shouldn't have beaten Cal, but they outplayed them in the COVID year. So, um, you know, I know they run the ball very well, but Arizona, you know, did you hear the announcers? This one was funny. You know, obviously, Oregon State ran the ball effectively, but like, oh, they're over 100 yards. Yeah, I'd take mm -hmm. that in a heartbeat. Right. I, I thought they were closer to 200 yards. Um, you know, and ASU, credit to them. Uh, they won today, and they've played well the last few weeks, but Arizona's better. But it's a rivalry game, and Colorado is, has been exposed. Um, they're they're, they're going to be what we thought they were. Uh, I just thought they'd put those three or four wins throughout <laughs> the year, not all at the beginning. Um, so, yeah, I think Arizona is looking to me like at minimum a six or seven win team. Where it gets interesting is where can they finish if they win out? And again, that's a tall order. I get yeah. it. But if you go nine and three, you're knocking on that. Honestly, if you go and nine and three and you win out six and two in the Pac 12, you're probably you, you're probably looking at something. You're probably ranked third or fourth. 12. Yeah. No, I'm saying, yeah. I mean, you're probably not sneaking into that game because you don't have tiebreakers against two of the better teams and you don't play Oregon, but you, you make it interesting. Right. Um, you know, and at the very least, you, you, you know, you, you could be close to having one of your best Pac-12 seasons ever right. at the, in the final year. 
All right, Damon, let's go. Uh, let's go here. Let's go to the stats first. Or what do you have? Right. What do you have right here, Damon? All right, here we go. All right, so again, I mean, 363 to 407 um, total yards right there, 21 first downs, time of possession pretty even right there. You know, <coughs> it was just a uh, – this was just a game that uh, – Arizona Arizona in the past loses these type of games. Arizona didn't win that, or Arizona doesn't win those. That's where I feel you've also kind of turned the corner. Arizona loses a game like this off a fumble – or some kind of tipped pass that goes back the other way. Ben, there was absolutely none of that. That's the best way of putting it. And we were talking during the game where I think Arizona, you know, obviously you could have went for the touchdown or went for the field goal. The field goal still makes it a, a touchdown game. And we're all sitting there thinking, man, you got to go for the touchdown. You got to go for the touchdown. I'm thinking, well, this defense has done a pretty good job the last three or four series here late in the fourth quarter of making stops. So at least make it a one score game. I think it's just PT. PTSD from what we've watched for so right. many years, right? Because these guys can be up by seven points, 10 points with three minutes left in the fourth quarter, and you just don't feel comfortable about it. And uh, there is another down to play for tomorrow. We've got to get in that mindset of, hey, this defense is good. This defense can make stops. And despite just the sleepwalking on the offensive side, we saw in the majority of the game, whether it was not getting the running game going, whether it was Fafita make, missing a couple of throws or just the stalls here and there that it just didn't look good and like you said we're just so used to arizona playing i guess under performing right for the majority of the game up until the last two drives where it really mattered they were able to put it all together i don't think we've ever seen a team in recent memory the last few years here where all three phases just have clicked at the right time and if there's one way to sum up this game i would just say that they played well enough Throughout the game, they probably didn't play up to Oregon State standard, obviously, but the talent you have, the depth you have, the coaching and the personnel, you were just able to make everything click at the right time. And when you're able to do that, as we've seen back to back wins against ranked opponents the last two weeks, you're in it against Washington. You're in it up until triple overtime against USC. You've got a lot to play with here, man. And this team can just do so many different things. All three phases do things very, very well. You know, whether it's the running game, the receivers you have, and it comes down to, too, when you have talent and when you have depth and you can win at the line of scrimmage and be respectable, you're going to win football games. You just start. Yeah. And Brad, let's go. Let's go to the Noah Fafita uh, a factor right there. If you can there, Damon, um, the uh, Noah Fafita, this 25 of 32, uh, 275 yards, three TDs right there. Brad, this dude's going to be the quarterback here at the U of A for the next three plus years. And I think I speak for a lot of people and I'm incredibly excited to see exactly where this guy can take Arizona because he's got a little special something about him right there. JDL did some really good things, but JDL never, I felt like had a clutch factor to him. Whereas Noah Fafita has that clutch factor in spades. Granted, he made two passes on this drive. I think he made two passes on the one at Stanford. But when does Arizona run out the clock or run out a good chunk of the clock? I can, again, you're talking PTSD. I can tell you, I can remember four, five, six games in my life where the other team did that to Arizona. Probably remember um, a lot more than that, Brad. That's uh, These are ones I can name specifically. Right, We're going right. back to Iowa and Iowa City, <laughs> about half the USC games under Mike Stoops. Um 
this team was able to twice in this game, but essentially they, they took five minutes off the clock going just 55 yards and scored a touchdown. Then what do they do? They get the ball back at the end and they were granted the odds of giving the ball back to um, Oregon state with any meaningful time was, was, but we've seen it before and you know, they, they necessarily haven't lost, but again, you're right. Anything can happen. I mean, even though it's the right decision to run, let's go back to Gilbert Harris, shall we? Um, but Arizona was able to do that. And Fafita didn't have to do it all with his arm, but guy had seven incompletions tonight. Right. I mean, he's yeah. wildly accurate. He's completing on the season 75% of his passes, and I think that's going to continue. You know, and I know he threw the pick, but I, uh, looking by Jed Fish's reaction, that appears to be a route, not a – I mean, he, he, he shouldn't have thrown it anyways, but – um, yeah, and I'll take one pick every two games um, if he's putting up 275 and three TDs. Um, right. You know, this is a guy – it's funny because Arizona's brought in a lot of four-star quarterbacks over the years who aren't very good. This kid might – it was underrated. You know, and, again, maybe the comparison is I think Anu Solomon was a three-star quarterback who was pretty good when he wasn't concussed. Um, but, yeah, Fafita's just special, and it's fun seeing – Fafita oh. just get like in the end in the grand scheme, Fafita just kind of gets it. I mean, he gets the moment, he gets he, the situation, he just kind of gets it. You can't really put your finger on it exactly, but you know when you see it. Well, it's like you said, the clutch gene. Yeah. yeah. And there's so many things too that he can do well based off the situation, what defenses throw at him. I mean, to give you an example, right? Like somebody like Khalil Tate, obviously when things would break down, he would just use his feet and that was his cop out, right? Brandon Dawkins, same thing, tried to rush the ball. I mean, we can go on and on, but the point is like this kid can do a number of different things. If he has to be clutch and if it's third and long, it's third and 15 and Arizona had a lot of long third downs tonight, third and 31 at one point. I'm right. not saying they have a shot there, but if it's third and long, he's not faced by it. If he needs to get the ball down the field and and drop four or five steps back and, and chuck it over the middle, he can do that. If he needs to rush and pick up five to six yards, he can do that. If he needs to throw underneath to a running back or Tanner McLaughlin, he can do that as well. So there's not a situation or a play call, I think, where this coaching staff maybe doesn't feel comfortable with it. And I think he reads the field really well, too. I mean, how many times have we talked about quarterbacks in this program? You know, they they make one read, two reads, and then it's it's panic time. It's go. It's hold on to the ball too long. Somebody like JDL is a perfect example of that. He gets it. He does what needs to be done. And I think that, you know, that goes from just being team first. I mean, you can tell, Mike, and we've talked about this, too, to build up on what we've talked about so far with Noah. But you can tell this team really just rallies around him differently than he does. Than he JDL does. JDL and right. other QBs that we've seen here. Yeah, no, it does, Brad. And there's a, that's a huge factor when it comes into being the quarterback. Is where do guys, uh, where do guys react to? Where do they, you know, who do we use the term leader of men? And probably it's thrown around probably a little too freely. I disagree. You use it for two people, and I use it for a third. He uses it for a lot more than two people. Flacco, Umar, Ballo, and I use it for Keith or uh, uh, Alex Smith. Those are leaders of men. <laughs> <laughs> Noah Fafita, leader of men right there. You know, there's two guys who I think had similar qualities in, in my time covering the team where you they were pretty universally liked. Um, and, and that's Willie Tuitama, who, again, and that was just because he worked harder than the guys ahead of him. Um 
And the other one was Nick Foles. Um, because I can tell you, while guys rallied around Khalil Tate, Dawkins was the better leader. Um, you know, Dawkins just sucked, though. Yeah, yeah, but he was the better leader of the two because he, he, uh, you know, Anu <laughs> Solomon wasn't universally loved. You know, wasn't a leader. Honestly, yeah. ironically enough, uh, the only other guy, uh, uh, Vanilla Vic there, <laughs> BJ Dinker. Uh, he might yeah. have been the closest thing, but they just had no one else on that team. But you know, there's that team JDL did beat Oregon though, didn't they? With yeah, JDL yeah. wasn't universally loved, as evidenced by things that happened last year. And by look at the reaction uh, when Noah Fafita did well. And again, you mentioned this, Mike. Mysteriously, guys are getting thrown to who haven't gotten thrown uh, to all year. That's where I wanted to go. And again, this. it's not five passes to the, but two guys who barely had any catches had big catches tonight. Seven different uh, receivers tonight. That's yeah. where I wanted to. That's where I wanted to go with next. I mean, again, I, it's not like Kevin Green's going out there and catching nine passes for 120 yards. I get that, but all of a sudden, Malachi Riley is getting into the mix now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Kevin Green is getting into the mix now. It's weird. It's almost like they are open, or it's almost like the quarterback sees him. And I think that's the best testament you can give Noah Fafita is that if you're open, he's going to find you. He he is. Yeah. I mean, and I think, yeah, Kevin Green, like you said, and then Riley was a big shocker to me. I mean, he had 40 yards, 40 yards off one reception. That was a huge play. And this team does a good job when they need to spread the ball around under Noah and just haven't seen that with JDL, haven't seen that with other other quarterbacks. And I would imagine, you know, as we progress throughout the season here, you would hope that you continue to see that. By the way, Posh, my guy, to all of those bitter OSU fans heading home, it will be 28 degrees tomorrow morning in Corvallis, and it starts raining Wednesday. Posh, Do you guys see it was snowing at the uh, Colorado State game? Fans were throwing uh, snowballs at the refs, and they had to announce to please stop for doing them to that. Stop it. No, I didn't see that, but that's awesome. Um, yeah, it's supposed to snow in, uh, for the Broncos. Uh, she's Chiefs. Yeah. Noah Fafita, punter, by the way. Um, yeah, very, that no was joke. a nice little punt right there. Uh, big, big kudos. Dude, that thing took a heck of a roll. Speaking of punt, 75 yard punt. Yeah, no, that yeah. was fantastic. All right. Now, uh, real quick. And then we need to talk about the defense here because the defense, we talk about the clutch factor with the offense. The defense also has a pretty nice clutch factor to it as well. But first bet MGM. Here's the deal right here. Sign up for bet MGM. Use bonus code PHNX. Place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through BetMGM Sportsbook mobile app of at least $10. You will receive $200 instantly in additional winnings, regardless of your wager's outcome. Check out the show notes for full details. We were telling you all year. We said, take the over of Arizona. Take the over of five. You would be there right now. We told you last year, take the over of two and a half. Make it happen right here. Now let's hear Shane Diefenbach with the disclaimer. Problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y 467-369-NEW-YORK. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. 
All right. Now, the defense. The defense now has been very timely here in being able, uh, in this game, to get stops. They got stops now. Grand, granted, they went into that prevent in Uyagalele. Notice how that was easy for me to say, not Uyagalelo or whatever they were saying. But the defense has really been timely here, Ben White. Um, from Washington in the second half, holding them to 10 points. Obviously, almost the whole, whole game against SC, they were fantastic. Washington State shut them totally down. And they got the stops against Oregon State when they needed to. It, it's a timely defense for sure. Um, Washington State, the story was turnovers, right? I would have liked, though, to see the turnovers. Obviously, Davis, mm -hmm. we've talked about them. I'm not Cario, gonna, we need those. Uh, I'm not going to pick on them too much, but right. three interceptions would have been nice. So, no, it's, it's, it's timely turnovers, right? And that's what you like to see. And the talent is there. The depth is there. The defensive line is is good in the sense that it can force pressure more than we've ever seen. Granted, tonight was tough just given OSU's offensive line. But point being, right, when you're in games like this against Oregon State, UCLA will be the same story. Washington State was the story last week. You're going to need some things to go your way and some really easy ways to get the momentum in your direction is to force turnovers on the defensive side. And I would just like to see more of those. I I, I would hope we're going to see more of those. I think tonight was just a, a little case of bad luck or butterfingers for Davis, but no, this defense has been fantastic. The, uh, the defensive line, Norton Upshaw, all these other guys who? you have rotating who? Who? big bill Norton, big bill Norton has been fantastic. So you had a number of different guys tonight. Same story, tackles for loss. It's not just yep. it's not just a Scooby Wright. It's not just one player, right? It's the whole unit. Brad Brad Rich, the great Brad Rich says, "Can we talk about how trash prevent defense is?" Brad Alice, would you that like to was, That wasn't even prevent defense, though. That's my complaint. Look, prevent defense, I know what's the old saying, prevents you from winning, but if you do it right, it should take you eight plays, 3 minutes and you have no time left. This was boom, boom, boom. This right. was three plays, 75 yards, 44 seconds. That was not prevent defense. That was crap. Um, that, that, <laughs> yeah. that being said, Arizona gave up 400 yards. Not a great number, not an awful number. 150 came on the first drive and the last drive. Um, and that's something Arizona has done very well, adjust. Because I want to say, what, three, four games this year they've given up touchdowns on the first drive and then held yep. teams relatively scoreless um at least from a touchdown standpoint the rest of the uh, for a large chunk um now that didn't work for washington but eventually they figured it out but this team makes adjustments after the initial uh, uh touchdown drives and arizona did that tonight again when almost not quite but almost 50 percent of their yardage came on two drives one of those being you know, kind of, sort of a nothing drive. Not quite if they get that kick, but they didn't. Yeah. So, right. um, yeah, so I think, again, the defense was not great, but pretty darn good. And that's Who what we said though? all year. They yeah. just have to be good. And yeah. they've been great at times. Um, and they, they were good enough tonight. And, again, it might be a totally different story if he gets one or two of those picks um, because I think they ended up at least getting six points out of those two possessions. Yeah, and – you know, looking ahead then to UCLA, Arizona is going to be favored against UCLA, my friends. I guarantee you Arizona is going to be favored against UCLA. And I expect Arizona to beat UCLA as well on homecoming weekend there, Ben White. We'll see. We'll see on the Vegas uh, odd front. Um, but the no, Bet MGM Sportsbook app. 
code word PHNX. There, there you go. I think UCLA, I think their offense is, is kind of in shambles. I think you got a new quarterback, right? They're rolling with uh, Ethan Garbers now. Um, nothing too special there. They're, they're kind of out of sync, but they do have guys on, you know, big guys on both sides of the line. So it'll be interesting, but to kind of piggyback off with Brad said, I, I get the yardage thing. I, I get the concern, but you held Oregon state, a, a pretty dynamic offense to 24 points. And I think as we're learning throughout the season, especially here, well into conference play, the key is if you can hold these opponents to, you know, 28 or less points, probably going to win most of these games. And Arizona's done that very, very well. The last few weeks, I think UCLA presents a number of different challenges, but if Arizona can come out and, and take care of business tonight, given UCLA struggles on the offensive side, given the fact that, you know, they've played down to their competition a lot this year and it's at home. I think Arizona's got a pretty good shot. William. I think the fact is in Tucson is huge because mm-hmm. I think we can all recall a lot of big wins over UCLA um, in Tucson, just like the Rolls Bowl has been kind of a house of horrors for Arizona. Outside uh, of last year, though. Last yeah, year was nice. True. True. Um, but, and I guess I'm still, every time Rich Rod walked into that place, I started twitching because I knew it was going to be a bad night. Um, but yeah, I think, again, my guess is I'm going to disagree. That I, I think UCLA is going to be favored because they're an L.A. team by like a point and a half. But I think that shows you how far Arizona's come, that they're not going to be a touchdown uh, dog to, to a Pac-12 point, opponent. Um, and again, is this an imminently winnable game? Yes. It's a complete toss-up as basically, well, two of the four down the stretch are because Arizona's going to be favored in two of those. Yeah. Uh, but that's what... You know, the, what the last well, four or five weeks have proven to us is that this is fun. Uh, this is that's the best way of putting it. You know what's also fun? Storm Briscoe. That is a great name right there. I like this. Usually offense is bleh, but their defense is legit. I agree with that. That's why I'm not scared of them. I think Arizona is going to shut them down there, fellas. I mean, anytime you can start a guy who couldn't cut it at Cal, you should. I mean, I mean let's be honest here. I mean, let's let's. By the way, no better time to become a PHNX diehard. Arizona sports killing it right now. Football, basketball. You got Ben White. You got Brian Ellis. You got me, and you got merch. You got all kinds of good stuff. What are you gonna say? Nothing to the. Oh. I I spent thirty seconds trying to figure out where to put my finger there so I can point up to the Ben <laughs> sign. Then you got the, you got the Discord. You got all kinds of great stuff. You got the great Jacob Franklin. You got watch parties. You name it, they got it. Guys, this was an absolutely awesome win for the University of Arizona. This, to me, was the coming-of-age moment for Arizona. I think the, uh, the foreplay was Washington State. But the main dish, uh, the main uh, main date. Did we just mix our metaphors, Mike? <laughs> yes, we did. Was Oregon State, and we took out the Beavers. I, 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 yeah, I think you'll look at this game regardless of what happens the rest of the season. I think you'll look at this game under the fish era if, if things keep up the way they are as, okay, this is the sign that everything is coming together. And the hard work has paid off. The recruiting has paid off, the coaching, the personnel, everything has clicked because this is the most well-rounded team and this is the most stable program and state it's been in in years. I mean, all sides of the ball. You've got your quarterback and Noah Fida. It wasn't exactly perfect route to getting him 
in there. But, you know, like we talk about, you know, one guy gets injured, it's another guy's job to step up and, and things happen for a reason. So I think Washington State was huge. It's obviously a big time win, 44 points. I get it. But at the same time, I think this win says a hell of a lot more about Arizona, that they're tough. If things aren't going right, if they're getting a little bit flustered at the line tonight against Oregon State's offensive line. If things just aren't clicking and if things aren't fluid, I mean, it wasn't a very fluid performance for them for most of the game. But regardless of all of that, they made it happen when it needed to happen there late in the fourth quarter on those last two drives. And it's got to be feeling pretty good. It's a town football game, a football team, and this team is in instinct any game they play, quite honestly, at this point. All right, this is a great tweet from Aaron Torres, our good buddy Aaron Torres right here. He says, not sure if I'm the only one that has picked up on this, but Arizona football is undefeated with a pair of ranked wins. Since five-star Elijah Rush decommitted because he didn't like the direction of the program. Aaron Torres, that's why you are the man right there. We like Aaron Torres a great deal on this show. Hey, All right. here's your reason to get excited. This is Jed Fish's team. I'm looking. I was looking at watching Kansas today, and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, Lance Leipold, he's a heck of a coach. But how many of those guys are less miles guys? And I don't know. Uh, I don't follow Kansas football all, all that much. But there's what, like seven, someone guys on this team, and like right. three of them play. If that, this is yeah. his team. Now, Grant, there's a lot of transfers, but that's modern college football. Right. You can you could either embrace it or you can be Clemson, um, who's going to embrace it this year because they have to because they just lost two games in the regular season in a row for the first time on, on, under uh, Debo or Debo or what. I don't even remember anymore. Um, but this is <laughs> Jed Fish's Samuel. team. And we're seeing Jed Fish evolve. We're seeing Johnny Nansen evolve. Because I think the criticism of Johnny Nansen last year were, were, were legit. And again, is this a Dwayne Aquina thing? I don't care. because It's working. What? Almost every week, even, even when I was kind of critical of what they were doing against Washington, by the end of the game, it made sense. Yep. Right. Right. Their game plan against USC. The only thing they could not account for was Caleb Williams freelancing with his feet and a couple of bad calls. Um, their game, obviously, their game playing against Washington. Even tonight, again, they gave 400 yards. They gave 24 points with one of those basically being a garbage touchdown. Um, fantastic. I mean, just a fantastic, fantastic job so far. And again, can I tell you that I know Jed Fish is a guy who can win Pac-12 or Big 12 championships? No, but he doesn't suck. That's for um, sure. And we didn't know that when he was hired. I was as critical as anyone. Um, tonight, the ga- original game plan didn't look great, and they kept kept changing things and finding things and finding answers. And, uh, wow, we better someone better be holding uh, David's hair because he's yeah. going to be sick in a little bit. <laughs> All right. Yeah, every- be excited because this is someone. This isn't smoke and mirrors. This is some or someone. This is, uh, this is Jed Fish's team. All right. Uh, we will be back with you taking tomorrow off, but as always really appreciate all of you, you comments, you guys are the ones that make this show occur for Ben white, Brad, Alice. I am Mike Luke again, big thanks to everybody. Damon behind the scenes, the boss, Saul Bookman. You've been listening to the AZ wildcats post game show back the a my friends.